Good morning. Um, I'm going to be reading from Matthew 1, verses 18 to 25. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Before Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived from her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save, people from their, save his people from their sins. And this took place to, to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate the marriage until he, she gave birth to a son, and they gave him the name Jesus. Thank you. We're thinking about a passage that is probably very familiar to you about the story of the conception of Jesus, Mary becoming pregnant, and her then fiancé coming to terms with that. And it's been a real privilege to prepare for this. I think I'm probably going to be the one who gets the most out of this. But I want to begin with a story. You know I like stories. And um, I don't know if the mic can be just turned down a fraction. It's echoing a bit. Thank you. I want to um, talk about a young man who, uh, named John. And I don't know if you're going to do this at Christmas, but uh, he got a parrot for Christmas. A parrot. And hands up, who would like a parrot for Christmas? Okay. Well, watch out. The parrot had a bad attitude and an even worse vocabulary. Every word out of the bird's mouth was rude, obnoxious. It was terrible. John tried and tried to change the bird's attitude by consistently saying polite words, playing soft music, anything else he could think of to clean up the bird's vocabulary. Finally, John was fed up, and he yelled at the parrot. The parrot yelled back. John shook the parrot. The parrot got angrier and even more rude. John, in desperation, threw up his hand, grabbed the bird, and put him in the freezer. For a few minutes, the parrot squawked, kicked, and screamed. Then suddenly there was total quiet. Not a peep was heard for over a minute. Fearing that he'd hurt the bird, John quickly opened the door to the freezer. The parrot calmly stepped onto John's outstretched arms and said, I believe I may have offended you <laughs> with my rude language and actions. I am sincerely remorseful for my inappropriate transgressions and I am fully intend to do everything I can do to correct my rude and unforgivable 
behavior. John was stunned at the change in the bird's attitude. As he was about to ask the parrot what had made such a dramatic change in his behavior, the bird spoke up again, very softly asking, may I ask what the turkey did wrong? <laughs> I love that story. The parrot had a moment of revelation, of insight, of understanding, seeing the turkey in the freezer. What had he done wrong? Joseph, too, had a moment of revelation as his fiancée, as they say colloquially, had a bun in the oven. She was pregnant and he had nothing to do with it. So the first thing I want us to think, and we're going to skip through this, betrothed. Joseph was betrothed to Mary, and um, betrothal is something that's very special. And uh, we've got a, a beautiful crochet example of Joseph and Mary on the windowsill over there. And they were both very young. Mary was probably 15 to 16 years of age, and, and Joseph probably a couple or more years older. And in ancient Israel, when you were betrothed to someone, it was much more than being engaged in our time. It was a legal undertaking, and there were obligations. And she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. Now, we've had 2,000 years to come to terms with this. Just put yourself in Joseph's shoes. Even for the most devout person, Mary declaring to Joseph she was with child through no human means is a spectacular story. And it has to be a spectacular story if it's a truly redemptive act of God. So betrothal was something very contractual, legal. Secondly, Joseph was a righteous man. We see in the New Revised Standard Version, Joseph being a just man. In other words, he was a righteous man. He was deeply honorable. And rather than making a public scene with his fiancée Mary, he decided he would quietly exit the scene. He's a truly remarkable young man. If you switch the letter A from the front of the sentence that I just read, G Joseph being a just man, if you switch the A from the front to the middle, from just a man to the middle to just a man, sorry, from a just man to a just a man, just a man, many uh, women here will say, well, typical, just a man. Limited in understanding, fickle, reputationally weak. But this wasn't Joseph. Joseph was remarkable. In fact, in preparing this, I've always thought Mary was astounding in her obedience to God. Lord, let it be to me as you have said. This 
vulnerable young woman. And little attention is often paid to Joseph, but wow, what an amazing young man he was. He would protect Mary's reputation. He had every right not to. He had every right to divorce her there and then, <coughs> excuse me, even in his hurt and personal suffering. In this generation, often we need to take time where we're on social media and everyone's got an opinion, everyone's got a voice, everyone makes a noise. Here we see this judicious young man take stock, think about the impact of what he's going to do and, uh, and think carefully. So Joseph was a righteous man, secondly. Thirdly, the power of dreams. In Proverbs 29, verse 18, it says, where there is no vision, the people perish. I'm always fascinated by what's called foresight, uh, about the ability to see into things, the future, seeing the possibilities, the potential of what could be, the opportunities. Vision can be translated as revelation. And we're a people of faith, who believed in a revealed faith. God has revealed himself. We're too small to discover God. You can only discover so much of God through creation, through the planetary universe. Here we've got God explicitly sharing himself with the world in the baby Jesus. And God uses an angel in a dream to give this revelation. The very plan of God's redemption was balancing in this young man, Joseph. Would he accept the task that God has given him? And Joseph accepted what had happened to Mary. And in verse 21, we read about the name that Jesus is, uh, sorry, Joseph is to give to his baby son, Jesu. Jesu, Jesus, which means one who saves. This is the God conception that he would save his people. And then in verse 23, we've got this sense of fulfilling scripture uh, in uh, Isaiah. There is a plan, and God has a plan for us, for us as a people of God, for us as followers of Jesus. The world just doesn't spin on its axis aimlessly. You're here for a purpose. And however young you are, and however old you are, Emmanuel, God is with us. Friends, as a church, the body of Christ, we need to pray for revelation, what it means to be Christians in 2021 as we turn the corner into a new year, as we face the biggest economic challenge since World War II, as we face hardship suffering in Greece, as it swamps communities over the next year or two, we need to dream of a church continuing to bring healing, to bringing people who are squashed, who are made small, who are hurting through circumstances. We need to be a church that brings restoration, that we reach our full potential in Jesus, that we're redeemed, we're forgiven. We need to pray for renewal of the United Kingdom of Great Britain. 
as we face the future in all its uncertainties that God hasn't given up on us, even all the mistakes that may be made. The power of dreams can change you as a person. It can change me. The power of dreams, an angelic visitor, can change a nation. Fourthly, Joseph exemplifies obedience. The Catholic uh, Bishop of Rome, Pope Francis, proclaimed from the 8th of December 2020, last week, to the 8th of December 2021, is going to be, guess what? The year of Joseph. It's where they will focus on Joseph throughout that year. It's called the Patrice Code. It means the Father's heart. What a beautiful thing to think on for a year, focusing on the Father's heart of love for you, for me, for the globe. And Joseph demonstrated a Father's heart, a tender, loving Father of our Savior. He reared Jesus as a boy. Joseph was in an obedient, he was an accepting Father. He was courageous in the task that he took on, raising Jesus. He was a working carpenter, a man who stood in the shadows. He did not seek celebrity or limelight. Joseph was a man who went unnoticed. It was countercultural, who didn't want to be a celebrity or on the news. But he exercised patience and hope every day. Joseph was a superhero of a different kind. He made his life an offering to God. He loved our Messiah in his home. And because of this, Jesus saw the tender love of God in Joseph. So, in summary, what do we learn from Joseph today? Obediently do the will of God. That does not mean that Joseph resigned to God's purposes. Instead, he courageously and firmly was proactive. He took a hold of what God had given him, and he ran with it. He was so brave. And with the Holy Spirit's gift of fortitude, he brought hope to the world. He was able to accept life as it is, with all its contradictions, its frustrations, its disappointments. He became a migrant, a refugee, because of this calling. But he took it in faith. Faith gives meaning to every event, however happy or however sad. God can make flowers spring up from stony ground. So we need to be obedient. It's a very countercultural thing these days, obedient to the will of God. And then Joseph, we learn, surrenders himself to the purposes of God. He accepts his calling. He trusts the divine leading of the Father. He surrenders his life to become a migrant, traveling like millions in our world who seek a better, safer, future for his family. Pope Francis remarks, fathers are not born, they are made. 
The carpenter worked hard crafting and designing with his hands and mind. Joseph cared for his children, and the church needs to grow in demonstrating the Father heart of God. We live in a globe with a pandemic of violence against women and children. We need to refuse to give up on children, nor suffocating children by our own expectations and demands and rules. But we need to give them boundaried freedom. I want to close with this story that I came across. And it was through a friend who took a tour to the Holy Land. And there were 72 um, people on this tour. And there was one person who was stood out. Her name was Ruby Free. And um, she seemed to have the generosity of time and kindness and energy and thought. And she th- and this tour guide, my friend, said, couldn't work out what was her secret. Why was she able to give so much of herself? Pretty much like Joseph. And so she was a good listener. She was a troubleshooter. She was an organizer. She was like a mother hen to the 72. And the organizer, when they were back in England, they went and visited uh, Ruby in her home. And it was then that he discovered her secret to life. And there was a motto above her fireplace with two words. And it simply said, Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And that's what Joseph and Mary said to God. Yes, Lord. And friends, that's the best thing we can do as we come to the end of 2020 and face the future. It's yes, Lord. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for Joseph. We thank you for his amazing trust in you for his devotion and care of Mary and our Messiah baby. We thank you for the way he surrendered to you, the way he was obedient to you. And Lord, as we think of the Father heart, your heart for us, we pray as a church of men and women that we would express that Father heart as we strongly love and guide and bless our communities, our homes. Lord, may we be those who step up to protect, to free people from violence and to free people from shame, to be there alongside the lost and the broken. So we pray, Holy Spirit, you'll empower us to be ready in this year of Joseph. In Jesus' name, amen.